this week is prophecy. Now, of course, as soon as I say that, a lot of us are going to have our own translation or understanding of prophecy. And I just take, want to take one or two, and I'm just going to go real quick into a 20-minute word. One or two understanding on prophecy. What is prophecy? What is prophecy? Be bold. There's no, nothing to be ashamed of. What's that? Mr. Connor, you want to speak? What is prophecy? Um, speaking into your life. So, using the word of God and you'll speak into a situation and you're saying, listen this, I want it to work for me and then the prophecy comes. So, speaking into your life. Um, Benny has had her hand up for a while now. Who else had their hand up for? Stevie, was it you? Kim? Um, I was just going to say, um, speaking um, about things to come. So, um, it could be in Christ or outside of Christ, but um, prophecies come either way, kind of thing. But it could be good or bad. Yeah. I'll take Kim and then I'll go into teaching. No more hands up, please. I think similar to what um, Benny said. Um, is it like when somebody speaks, like somebody can see something that's going to happen and then they basically tell you? That that's like when I think of prophecy. I think he mentioned it last week when he said that um, our very life depends on how much of the word we keep on we keep on our lips. So I think that I can relate that to prophecy. Um, testimony or what we see is what we speak. Thank you. I'm sorry, Vance. I, did you have your hands up? Okay, no, I have to go to the church. You're a leader. You're a leader. I think it's for edification um, and building each other up. Yeah. Sorry, Nora. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to leave you. Um, edification. So, you know, prophecy is one of the things that have interested us, even before we were in Christ. You know, even before we were in Christ, because it's about knowing something, isn't it? You feel like it's about knowing something that's, that you have not known before or something you have not walked into yet. You know, when you were in the world, you took interest in things like horoscopes. Yeah? And maybe not everybody, but, you know, you used to look at your star sign and do those things, right? And maybe if you were dating a guy, you'd look on and look at his own star sign I'd be like, hmm, this one is not matching my own. Mm, no, nonsense stuff like that. Yeah? And sometimes maybe you're the, you're the person that took it to the next level. And you make sure you get the newspaper. And read your star sign for the day. And say, wow, today I'm going to meet someone. And you know, have you ever realized that it's the same corny stuff every single day? Today I'm going to meet someone and something good's going to happen. Mm. Like, come on. Are they ever going to put something bad in there? Yeah? So prophecy. Prophecy is something that's intrigued us, but 
I want to come to you from a different angle in regards to prophecy. And I want to ask you, is it a prophecy if it's not fulfilled? If it is not fulfilled, then would you class it as a prophecy? And if you class it as a prophecy, if it's not fulfilled, then does that not mean that every conversation you have in life is a prophecy? Does that not then mean that every time you speak, you're prophesying? Because between me and you, you're saying that it's a prophecy regardless until it's fulfilled or until it's not fulfilled. What are those words that come out of your lips? And remember that last week I did say, put this word on my lips, on your lips. How many of us have begun to take that seriously? How many of you went home that night just uncomfortable and so eager to get into the word? How many of you had testimonies last week? And if you didn't have testimonies, did you practice putting that word on your lips? Because it was a clear instruction. And that clear instruction was, in order for you to have testimonies, you must have this word on your lips. Remember that we were reading Joshua. And God began to speak testimonies to him. If you go back, they now sound like prophecies, right? He began to prophesy to him. He began to say, you will do this. You will do this. You will do this. You will do this. But put this word on your lips but keep this word on your lips and the reason why you have to keep these words on your lips is because you yourself are a prophet you see your everyday life you speak things that you expect to be fulfilled every day even if it's I will have breakfast today if you don't have breakfast that's a prophecy unfulfilled so, we want to understand how then, how does God channel himself? How does God think in order for a prophecy to be fulfilled? You see, in the mind of God, the prophecy comes first. And the prophecy is then fulfilled. But the prophecy must be fulfilled by a man. The prophecy must be fulfilled by a man. If not for man, not one prophecy of God would be fulfilled. Have you ever understood that? Have you ever taken that into consideration? That God has always needed a man to make sure that his word can be classed as a prophecy. Or that his word can hold weight. There must be a man. And so, we will begin to look at the kind of men that God has spoken to. Because if you decide to be one of these men, it will then assure the kind of life you're going to live. Because as far as God is concerned, he will not be made a fool out of. He will not speak and his word come back to him void. Do you remember God saying that? Now, why did he say that? Because he was confident. That there will be a man 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? He was confident that there will be a man, no matter what I say, there will be somebody who will do it. And as far as we can begin to understand this, then you will begin to know that your very mouth is an instrument. And you will begin to pay attention to the kind of things you say. Do you know, you know what annoys me? What really gets me is, now, you guys have no care for the words that fly out of your lips. You didn't know you were the one that destroyed your week. Furthermore, you thought that it had to leave your mouth for it to be a prophecy. But you thought of it. And you thought of it long enough for it to be. The only thing that will equal you to the sons of rich men is your ability to use words. Because you have nothing. Listen to me. You're not born into anything great. Because if you were, you wouldn't be in the pulse right now. Let's just be very honest with each other. Yeah? <laughs> there is no edge to you, so don't be proud. You know, I've seen wretched, proud people, and it's so annoying. It's, Pastor, it's like the most annoying thing you can ever see. You're looking at someone being proud, and you're looking at them like, for what? Your dad is a cab driver. Your mom is jobless. You've got a kid at a young age. And your account is reading minus. But I am me. Have, have you seen those kind of people? It is the most annoying sight. It's, oh, that thing gets me, you know. And they come up with all these foolish words that have no backing. They have this great confidence. Now, I begin to speak to my mentor and say to him, listen, sir, does the word work for those kind of people? You know, when they say certain stuff, like, does God hear them and say, oh, I'm going to help you out? No, I want to be very practical with this thing. Prophecy. You have been in determination of your life. You're the determining factor of your life. From the beginning, you have been. Wherever you are now is you. Don't blame anybody. Wherever you will be tomorrow is you. Wherever you will be at the end of this year is you. You have said countless things to put you in the positions you have been in. And so what will you call a man who is bold? Is a man who knows how to use words. Let me tell you something. This is Tulse Hill. And what I expect of this fellowship is to become wordsmiths. You see, a goldsmith is a man who knows how to use gold. He will melt and smelt gold, and he knows the exact temperature to take the thing out, it remove impurities, put it back in again, warm it, heat it a bit more, and he continues to do that till he has what they call an optimum product of gold. You guys... Keep on saying 24 carat, 25 carat. Uh, do you even know how the thing comes about? That's a goldsmith. But in this camp here, we are saying we will be wordsmiths. We will be the ones who know how to use words. 
who know how to design their day, their week, their month, you know, their relationships, key relationships that have crumbled in your life because you don't know how to use words. I've spoken to young men that have fought me over pennies. And I've thought to myself, you know, you won't be going through this junk now if you had used the right words with me. Do you know that there are people who have crossed you out just because, listen, I, I, was, I was speaking to my teacher and I said, there are people who can greet you three weeks in a row in church and on the fourth week, <laughs> they just look at you and walk off. It's the most amazing sight ever. Have you ever experienced that? Week one, mm. week two, mm. week three, oh, oh you are. <laughs> week four, <laughs> and you're looking at them like. You see, everything in this life, we have been the determining factor. He made us in His image. And so he gave us enough tools to be able to decide world events. How do nations go out to war? By words. A prime minister or a president just comes out and says words. And that's it. You're at war tomorrow. I want to speak to you tonight about prophecy. And what we're going to be saying throughout the whole of this night is the world is eagerly awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God. Are you hearing me? So say after me. The world is eagerly awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God. Are you ready for the word? Let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1. And I'll be very, very true and straight to the point so that my brother can come and take us into much needed prayer. Hebrews 1. And I'd like someone to read from verse 1 to 3, I believe. whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Mm. Okay. The... In the past, you can keep saying, I know you love the word, but my guy is not sorry. <laughs> In the past, God has been speaking through the prophets. But in this time, he has spoken by his son. And if any of you here have studied English, you know that the English there is very, very intricate. Speaking and spoken are two different things. 
So we want to understand why God has been having a conversation and has all of a sudden stopped. We want to know what has he been saying and why did he stop speaking? Of course, God still speaks, don't get me wrong. But there's a particular conversation that he's not having anymore. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It says, in the past, God has been speaking to the prophets. So, in heaven now, God begins to have a conversation. The same way he had a conversation when man began to erect a tower called Babel. And he began to speak within himself, meaning the Father began to speak with the Holy Spirit and the Son. And they began to speak about these men and what they were doing. And they decided enough is enough. We must disrupt these men because they will come up and see us. Do you remember that? So in that same manner, God has been speaking about something. But as he's been speaking, he has allowed certain men called prophets to hear the conversation. But let me tell you what happened. This very conversation that God was speaking, these prophets couldn't carry it out. When God allows a man to hear him, he's allowing you to hear him so that you can go and fulfill. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God is having a conversation. And in this conversation, if he allows your ears to be open, it's because he wants you to go and do. But these prophets will hear, but they'll all mess up. And what was God talking about? He began to speak about the redemption of man. He was speaking about bringing man back to his level. You see, God's love story with man was so peculiar that it couldn't leave his mind. Generation over generation, it was the thing. Listen, let me tell you something. When you have a conversation that is constant, that means it's something that's heavy on your heart. Have you ever had a topic? And you know you had. Have you ever had a topic of conversation that you constantly keep referring back to? I hope there are no gospels in the house because they will be the ones very experienced with this. You're, you constantly keep on going back to this topic. It's heavy on your heart. And so for generations, God will begin to continually speak to himself. The same way he began to speak to men when they built Babel, he began to speak about man himself. All the time, he will speak and speak. And he will open the ears of one or two men to hear him. Listen to me. Like I told you, your very conversations are prophecy. Until it is fulfilled, you just didn't know. So when your parents sent you on an assignment, if you didn't do it, that thing was not fulfilled, right? As much as a man of God can come and say, Shalewa, come to me lay hands on you. Oh, I just see. I just see your name is Shalewa Robinson. You know all this nonsense. As much as a, as a prophet can do that and speak into your life and say certain things, who will now have to go and fulfill it? Is it not you? No. Is it not you? Is it not you? Is it an angel? Is it Jesus? I thought someone would be religious enough to say, yeah, Jesus can do all things. It is you. And so, 
time after time again, God will pull a man up called Adam. God will pull a man up called David. He will pull one up, Moses. You know, with Moses' one, he took it to the extent of even eating with the guy. And I'm going to say things that will provoke you to go into your word. Did you know that, that Moses had dinner with God? Did you know that? Did you know that God came and there was a platter of food, a big banquet, and him and Moses had dinner? Just so a man can hear his conversation. Has God opened your ears to hear what he's saying? Because according to Hebrews, whatever he was saying, he has stopped saying. God went through a whole line of men. A whole line of men. And they all failed. They all failed. Each and every one of them was a redemptive plan to bring man back to the place of God. To return man back to immortality. What is immortality? The only thing that is immortal in this life is words. Words stay forever. Your body will destroy. One day there won't be a min-o. But the words will stay. God knows these sound clouds, how long they may last. We don't know. We don't know how long the things we've said to one another will last. And so you begin to say things that are detrimental to another man. And you don't know what you're doing. Word. The most powerful tool you have against this world. If only you can listen to the conversation that's being spoken of, then you will decide to come and fulfill. But then God got frustrated enough and decided now, I will bring my son. I will bring my son because I can't keep talking to myself. Someone has to do this thing and end it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so when he brought the son down, you know, the son came, jumped into his bodysuit, and said, Father, I'm here to fulfill. He said things like, I did not come to do away with these laws. I didn't come to do away with my father's conversation to you. I came to fulfill them. Prophecy. Prophecy then is a man. Prophecy then is yourself. Prophecy then is you. Because you have been put in the same suit as the son. And now they're expecting you to fulfill. There's been a conversation that's been had concerning you. And God stopped this conversation about yourself a long time ago. God has nothing else to say about your life. He has spoken and he's done with it. Now he just wants to know if you will go and do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So let's say it again. The world is eagerly awaiting the manifestation of the sons. The only person that can listen to the conversation of his father and fulfill it is the son. 
There is no friend in the family. There is no distant cousin or distant nephew. There is nothing like that. There is no big auntie. You have to be, <laughs> you've got to be a son. You know, anybody here that has a father that they love, or if you can even take into consideration your relationship with your spiritual father, you will know that every word that flies out of his mouth you want to do, even if you feel you're not strong enough to do it, you're, you're itching to do it. You hear things like, oh, we just need to do this, we just need to do this, and everything in your body is just twitching. You're like, yes, I can do it. A son, the hallmark of a son is he has the ability to fulfill the words, the conversation of the father. This is prophecy. Listen, I'm speaking to you now as passionately as I can. Because I want you to know the only thing left for you now is to fulfill. Conversation has been had about you already. The world is eagerly awaiting you. It said the world is eagerly awaiting. But it said the kind of person it's awaiting. It's not awaiting the child. It's not awaiting the uncle, the auntie. It's awaiting the sons. Are you with me tonight, Paul Tosil? It's awaiting the sons. When we're saying prophecy, we're saying that the father has spoken something. He's had a conversation with himself. But it's his son that heard him. Listen, I'm trying to tell you that David is not a son. Are you hearing me? Moses is not a son. They were not privileged to meet the realm or the age of sonship that you're in. And the reason why is, like Pastor will always say, they have to, they can only be complete through you. They are the prophets. But why is it then that we're in a time where they've done greater things than you? Are you not hearing your father's conversation? He's been speaking, but you're making him look like he doesn't prophesy. You're making him look like his words have no weight. You're making him look like his words are meaningless. Do you know that you are the reason why the half the world has not given itself to Christ? Half the world does not believe or is not convicted on what you believe. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Have you come to fulfill? So Jesus knew there's only one thing for me. I've just come to fulfill. I've got nothing else to do. There's already been a conversation written of me. I don't know what you do. Listen, we had the, the whole Wednesday group chat thing and everybody was putting in their professions. So marvelous, so beautiful. There's a DJ here. From pharmacists to DJs, they're in Tulsa Hill. But what have you heard in regards to pharmacy? What conversation have you heard the father speaking? Because every conversation in regard to pharmacy, he's spoken all a long time ago. He ended it with Christ. I keep on asking myself, why? Why would the church be the one with mediocre professions? When you find a lawyer in church, it has to be like an average lawyer. Why does the world have to have the best? 
Why? Let me tell you something. Don't think, yeah, that you're too cool. Because even the world won't take you. The world will not pick you. If safe, have, you, have you guys been in a playground before? When the kids are, don't look at the time. I don't give a, I don't care about the time. But we're going to preach and we're going to pray tonight, yeah? So, you're in the playground and the boys will line up all their friends. It's time to play football. Thomas, you remember this, isn't it? And if you happen to be the last guy on that wall, <laughs> oh my. They don't even need to abuse you. We all know the verdict. My guy, you can't play. You can't play. So they're going to get you. Usually they grab you by your hoodie. No respect for you. And they take you to the goalpost. And they leave you at the goalpost and say, you're going to be the goalkeeper. And some of you guys think the world wants you. You're not even good enough for Nebuchadnezzar to pick you. When the guy went into Israel, he looked for the best. He said, okay, I've entered the church now. Where are the guys? Where are the big boys? Where are the big girls? Where are they? And he began to pick them. Let me tell you what that king did with everybody else. He just slaughtered them. Your scripture won't tell you. It said he led into captivity the royals. The waste people are not needed. Listen, I have a nation. I'm trying to grow my nation. Why would I want to inherit crap? Even the world would not have you. But now you're still deciding, doing this thing half-heartedly. You should be grateful that God looked at you and brought you here. That he chose you and put a spirit in you that can excel, out-excel the whole world. You're still struggling to choose if I should fulfill Listen, Jesus had understood this thing. As soon as he landed on the scene, he said, listen, I'm here to fulfill. I've got nothing else to say. I don't need to start doing some power-binding, breaking generational prayer. It's already been said of me. Uh, do you remember when we began to speak about finding yourself in the chapters of this book? This book is the conversation the conversation he's been having of himself. Listen, when God is having a conversation, you know he don't call you, you know. There's too many of him already inside him. <laughs> Get on the way home, maybe. There's much of him already inside him. It's three in one. I don't need to hold you to hold my hand. We're going to speak and we're going to decide the situation. But we're going to look for a man. We're going to look for a man. The only man they could find was a son. Then God began to understand. I always knew this was a family business. I always knew that this thing that I'm doing is a family business. So what happened when he threw his son down? The first thing his son would do was go into the church, right? 
for argument's sake, let's just call it the church. He went into the church. His earthly mother and father were looking for him. They were looking for him. It, it took them days to find the guy. When they found him, they found him in the church. And you know what he told them? Did you not know I'll be doing my father's business? He knew what it took. Guys, this is a family business. Don't put your dad's words to shame. He has already said that my word will not return to me void, as in I will not be made a mockery of. If you don't do it, I will find one who will. If you don't do it, I'll find one who will. So what does that mean? It means none of us are indispensable. There is no rising star in this family. There is no wonder kid. Are you hearing me? There is just people who are willing. Do you want to hear the conversation your father is having? What is he saying about you? Some of you know, and, and, I, and I begin to wonder, okay, some of you are called as footballers and all this kind of stuff. I'm tired of speaking to semi-pro footballers. Oh, sir, I used to play football, but they injured me. I'm injured, so I'm, I can't make it again. Get out of here, man. Why? Is that the conversation they had of you? Because if it is, then you'll be fulfilling. You won't be losing. If you're losing, then go and check. Is this the conversation they're having of me? You know, Christ knew he can't lose. Even to the point of death. He, he looked the guy who wanted to sentence him to death and he said, listen, you know you're not the one taking my life. I will give it to you when I want. You've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to look forward to. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to look forward to. To engage with those guys who don't have words. But the difference between you now, because you see, you don't have what they have, right? Not yet, anyway. But you have words. And, you know, I was telling the guys, the way I feel when we encounter some of these big negotiations we have, I just feel like God has delivered you to my lap. You know when you're in war and you just know I'm going to behead this guy. This guy has been delivered to me. The guys who are on the road, the road guys, ex-road guys, you know. Ah, you know that guy you've been looking for. He's owed you money. And then, you know, you're just having a casual day because you've been looking for him aggressively, but you couldn't find him. Then one day is the day you are with your bae and then randomly, you saw my man. <laughs> okay, mama did. Good. Then right? All right. Good. <laughs> it doesn't suit me. <laughs> you see, my man. But you're thinking, <laughs> no, you're thinking, ah, oh, this guy. Do you know what I mean? He's been delivered unto you. That's the excitement I feel when they make the mistake of saying, Oni, let's have a talk. I say, yeah? Okay. I'm just going to prepare some words for this guy. 
I'm going to prepare some words because I may only have two minutes with him. Not ten. Just two minutes. But in two minutes, I'm going to put some words together for him. I'm going to drop them into his heart. And everything at the bottom of his stomach that he didn't want to share with me, he's going to say it. Have you been hearing the conversations of your father? This is prophecy. All you have to do now is fulfill. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You've got three days this week to walk in that. You've got the rest of your life to walk in that. He doesn't need to have this conversation anymore. He ended it with his son. And the only other people privy or allowed to understand this conversation are sons. That's why the world is anticipating them. The world is eagerly waiting for them because they're the ones that know. I just want to speak to the guy that knows. The world doesn't want to see the Christian. They're not interested in the Christian guy. Yeah? Listen, Abel, his blood was speaking for him, yeah? You know Abel was the good one, right? He was the good guy. No justice. No justice for Abel. But he was the good guy. He wasn't like Cain. You think it's just going to be because you're a good guy or good girl and making all the services and fasting when I need to fast? You think that's what it's going to take? Your heart has to be burning. Let your heart burn. Lord, I want to know this conversation you ended a while ago, I want to know. The world only wants to know the guy that knows. You only want to know the main guy. Yeah? If you're doing business, you know. When you're going through brokers, it's so annoying. When you're going through the middleman, it's so annoying. All you girls that sell hair. When you're speaking to the middle lady, blocking you from the Chinese department, or Chinese uh, whatever it's called, the Chinaman or whatever, Am I on Periscope? Anyway, I'm not racist. Everybody knows I'm not racist. You just want to bypass that person, isn't it? That's how the world feels about you. When they meet another Christian, they're sick. They say, ah, oh, you. Okay, let's talk, let's talk. And then you're talking, 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 talking. They're like, this is not the main guy, this is not the main guy, this is not the main guy. Bye, I'll see you later. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You want to speak to the son said your father had something to say. Okay, where's the son? We want to meet the son. We don't want to meet a prophet. We don't want a guy speaking on behalf of the family. We want one of the members. Are you hearing me? Let's just rise on our feet. Pastor Bayer. Praise God. Let's put our hands together for the word today. It's amazing. Yeah. I don't even know why I'm laughing. We have about 10.